You're listening to episode 18 of the Divine Nobody's Podcast. Episode 18. When you say it like that, Jen. I know, right? I know. It's, it's been a while. Good yes. afternoon. Good evening. It's, it's afternoon time somewhere. It's somewhere. Yeah. Welcome back, friends. This is Eric with the Divine Nobody's Podcast. I'm joined by my trusty sidekick, Jennifer Lynn. How you doing, Jen? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back. Jen took a trip around the universe. I did. And she's back to tell the story. <laughs> and uh, we're really, really grateful to have her back. For those that are listening, we did take a week off uh, from the podcast. Much needed break. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, just to reflect and to uh, just, you know, learn something, learn something more that we can kind of bring to the table and share. Yeah, absolutely. With all of our friends. And uh, as far as the updates go, just found out today that we got added on to Amazon. Yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, super awesome. Yeah, so everybody that's listening, if you guys are using at least one of those different platforms, we're on Spotify now, we're on Amazon, iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. and uh, Apple, Podcast. Apple Podcasts, and then of course we're still doing the the YouTube thing. So chances are, if you put our name in the search bar, you might end up finding our show. <laughs> And slowly, We're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Slowly, slowly taking over the world. So it's good to be back. We did take a week off. It's good. It's it's good to be sitting here in this space. We had uh, Tyler was the last episode that we did. Yeah, Tyler was awesome. If she you was. didn't listen to Tyler's episode, it's it's a must listen. She super informative. I learned a lot about tarot that I never knew. That's true. And she did stay with us just offline after the episode and was just really, really gracious enough to give me and Jen both a reading. Yeah, that and was cool. it was one of the most uh, just really in-depth looks at pretty much my life up until this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the information that she shared was really, really useful. And it was for you too, right? Yeah, it was. It, she told me that something that kind of took me by surprise. Yeah. Um, she said that um, I am supposed to be a medium. And yeah. yeah, and that kind of blew me away. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the last person. All of us already kind of knew that, you know? <laughs> it was just a matter of time until you hopped on the boat and got yourself some tarot cards. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, that was uh, that was pretty eye-opening. And um, I've, it, that thought has never even occurred to me, you know, really? with all the spiritual activity in my house. Yeah. I just thought that, I don't know, I didn't know what I thought. I would, didn't really think much about it other than, you know, uh, maybe it was the land or a vortex that was nearby or what have you. But yeah. um, apparently it was me. It's so. time. Yeah, it's time. You know, I, I uh, bought this book, a really good book, actually, in our time uh, across the universe, driving oh, to right. Texas, which mm-hmm. was crazy. Um, that was a long ass drive and a Tesla with three dogs. So that's a whole oh, nother. You had Sancho and the dogs with you. Yeah. Yeah. We had all three dogs with us. So oh, by the time we got there, it smelled like dog. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. But, it you was could, but you guys had like a really amazing set list and playlist. You know, we you listened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, we listened yeah. to a lot of podcasts. We um, listened to some books on tape. And then um, I also bought this book in honor of Tyler and her new information that I'm supposed to be a medium. Oh, yeah. And the book's called uh, You Are a Medium. <laughs> <laughs> and it's by Sherry Dillard. I thought it was really good. And she had some, um, she had some pearls in there. And yeah. I learned a lot about mediumship that I didn't know before. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I've watched all kinds of videos of, of famous mediums, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, who's the lady in New Jersey? In New Jersey? Yeah. And she's got the big blonde hair. She had oh. her own show for a while. Anyway. I'm not too sure. I forget her name. I used to watch her all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, Long Beach Medium, I think, or Long Island Medium. Oh, okay. Yeah, Long yeah, Island yeah, Medium. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. See, I don't own a TV, so I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, she was really entertaining. Teresa something or another. I yeah. forget her last name. So, um, you know, I, I guess I had in my mind this idea that mediums like the dead just came through and they're yeah. just talking to you like I'm talking to you. No, and no. there's so many different types of mediums. I didn't realize that the way that they communicate are in so many different ways. Right. So um, through all the different clairs and that not all um not all psychics are mediums, but mm-hmm. all mediums are psychic. Yeah. And I didn't know that either. And I think that even if it's a even if it's a medium that specializes in say clairsentience, mm-hmm. I still feel like there are different dimensions that encompass 
kind of the whole spectrum of different types of things. There's like clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. Yeah. And for the most part, when I've talked to mediums, it's like if they have to narrow it down to their the this the, the strongest quality that they have, they'll say that, you know, spirit typically comes through in this sort of way. Yeah. Um, but once I started venturing more into the mediumship, because the one thing that you learn kind of along the way, especially when you're reading a lot of these books, is that everybody, everybody there's not one person left out, has the ability, if they make the intention to tap into those gifts, can access that. Can do it, yeah. Right? And like the tur- Akashic Records, Exactly, same thing. like the Akashic Records. It, ter- it takes a certain amount of intention and training to do it. And, and of course, you want to do it in the safest and the most mindful way. But um, for me, I, one thing that I realized, it, I didn't have a context for what I was experiencing growing up. And a lot of what I resonate with is sound. Mm-hmm. And that encompasses hearing the vibration of people's voices when they talk to me. Right. There's always this sort of empathic ability that I have in order to get a feel for where that person's coming from based off of not even just the content of what they're talking about, but the tone, the way that right. the air passes through, mm-hmm. you know, the their throat, yeah. you know? And uh, once I started getting into it, I feel like all of us have varying dimensions of that type of ability. But mm-hmm. I personally think that you... Uh, because of your lineage and just how intuitive you are, have a little bit more pronounced. So it's a good thing that you're looking into strengthening that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. Um, I watched another video and I can't remember who this was by and I wish I could so I could reference her because it was awesome. But she explained Mm -hmm. um, how spirit communicates and how it mixes with your own personality. Mm -hmm. So a spirit will come through more clearly that is more aligned with your personality. So say, you know, I have a green aura and those spirits that also have a green aura will communicate with me more clearly than maybe somebody that has a, a purple, you know? Um, and then it's a blend, it's a blend of your personality and the spirit's personality. And, um, whenever you're communicating with your, with, with whomever, yeah, yeah, sending that message. Yeah. I definitely don't think it's like a linear thing. I think you're right. It's like, it's never the same sort of message, you know, by specific type of person. Like for me, one thing that I noticed, and I didn't think about this until much later is when I would read cards for myself. Yeah. I, gave myself readings just like anybody else would and they were good. But one thing that I noticed is that like it can really dial into my space and my energy when I hear very specific types of music while I'm doing a reading. Interesting. It's like yeah. this really sort of um, uh, ambient new age yeah. at a certain frequency at a certain tone mm-hmm. and it just all comes pouring out. Maybe yeah. that's like my, my moon and Gemini because yeah it gets my throat chakra activated and it seems more fluid for me to channel these messages when I have this type of music playing. Yeah. In the Sherry Dillard book, she was talking about that. Like anytime you're trying to um, communicate with spirit to try to do it in the same place um, because energy builds in certain locations. Uh So if you, if you're sitting in the same place in the same chair and you have some kind of Mm -hmm. some kind of like mantra, I guess that you do. So for you, this is your music. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's this other famous psychic or famous medium and, um, he scribbles. So that's kind of like his, his thing to get the juices writing kind of automatic writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and, and for me, because Claire, and I will say, if somebody asks me if I'm into any type of sort of mediumship, it's not the, it's for me, it's not the same as, me tapping into spirit and then writing messages down on a piece of paper. For me, it comes like as this sort of intuitive impulse through music. Yeah. And I'm a sound healer and a lot and of a people musician. and a musician. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have asked me, well, where do you channel a lot of the, the sound specifically in sound healing? Because yeah. it's, it's much more intentional and there aren't really words associated with it, but there's something about when people listen to these frequencies at 432 or 440, whatever it mm-hmm. may be, that makes them feel a certain way. Right. And the reason why it feels a certain way is because it feels a certain way to me mm-hmm. when I, you know, draw in that message. And I've been visiting psychics all my life. And the one common theme with those conversations is like, well, you have a connection with the Arcturians. You have an, a, a connection with the Pleiadians. Yeah. And Arcturians, from what I've read, a lot of them are, are really big on using things like semantic and, and frequencies in order to pass over information. Oh, that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, when I'm gaining inspiration for a lot of these um, sounds that I create through sound baths, I, I really do feel like I'm tapping into a different realm mm-hmm. that is 
wanting me to convey this message through either my light language or through these frequencies that I'm making. Yeah. Kind of like when the um, Lemurians were communicating with you at Mount Shasta. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they were using um, a lot of imagery too. And you know, it's, it's an ongoing practice practice, you know, it's not something that I'm like gotten super proficient in, but Mm -hmm. it's something that I feel like as I get older and my life starts to unfold a little bit more, I'll start to access Mm -hmm. certain points in my consciousness that'll give me the ability to, you know, strengthen that a bit more. Yeah. You know, I think it's the same for you. If you think of uh, the idea of mediumship and like your lineage and your family, what would you say would be your strength and how you receive information? Um, I normally receive information through um, feeling, smelling, and sometimes seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing less often. But every once in a while, I will, um, I'll I'll see something out of the corner of my eye or maybe like a slight apparition of something. Um, But I can always feel it. If there's something in the room, I'll definitely feel it. All the hairs on my arms stand up. Um, And um, smell is really common with me too. Um, And odd smells, not like flowers and things like that. Like sulfur. um, Like burnt toast. Like, um, yeah, just. Does it make you hungry when you smell it? Sometimes I love toast too. And I love the smell of burnt to- the toast. Smell of burnt so, toast. You know, a lot of yeah. people when they make toast in the morning and they burn it, like, I don't know if I'm just one of those people, it's never really as burnt as people think. You can it's still not, eat it. You can still eat you it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'll just scrape off the burnt exactly. shit a little bit. Like I chomp, know people chomp. that have gotten really hard on themselves for burning the toast. Yeah. And I'm not like, a big deal. No, just the whole you know, loaf is a dollar. Like right. it's, it's cool. It'll be okay. Yeah, it, t- it throws them out of the flow state. And yeah. I've been actually reading a lot about, <laughs> about uh, Taoism just uh-huh. this last week and about developing a practice to kind of remain in the flow state. Well, mm-hmm. if you're, you're studying the Tao Te Ching and you're studying the work of Lao Tzu, mm-hmm. um, it's very similar to the practices that me and you talk, kind of talk about through Hinduism and, yeah. and Buddhism and things like that. But I've been trying to like, you know, like really, really dial into the flow state, which is basically considered the middle way in Buddhism. Yeah. So I know people that are making the dough, and, and if I were gonna kind of just put it plainly, uh, the Tao is, it's not about how you make the toast. Yeah. It's just about making the toast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, anybody that's listening, if you, if you burn the toast on a Saturday morning, trust me, you're still good. You're still good. You know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah. You can always just try again too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so you were saying that you smell, you, you smell certain yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I smell certain things and, and that's really crazy to me because I don't have a good sense of smell and I never have. Really? So I don't, I can't smell my own perfume. I can barely smell perfume or even it's, if it's really strong BO yeah. anything on anyone else. Yeah. So you're in good company with me if you stink. So, yeah. cause I won't be able to sell you. Yeah, but so, you yeah. but it, it has to be strong enough for you to pick up at least what these spirits are trying to dish out, right? Yeah, it, it must be uh, coming in a different frequency because yeah. I can I smell it in a different way. I like smell it with my mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. So those are there listening. It, it, we, we, me and Jen, we talk a lot about this subject mainly because a lot of these type of things happen to Jen. And the way that I've always seen it, even from the very beginning, is that there are these multidimensional. And, and we haven't isolated specifically that it's just people that have passed away. I mean. There's a lot of different dimensions that exist in this space that we occupy. And for the most part, I mean, they seem to always gravitate towards you Mm -hmm. as if they want you to pay attention to them in some way. Yeah. You know, so I I feel like it's uh, it's a good time for that sort of path to illuminate itself because uh, there's a lot of stuff that especially now that's been happening to you even recently since you came back from your trip. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just the first night we were back, mm-hmm. um, I had uh, a picture get knocked off the wall. And this yeah. picture, is it's beautiful. It's uh, like uh, some psychedelic art and yeah. it's a mirror image. It was a gift from a friend mm-hmm. and um, it fell off the wall and I have it mounted on the wall with two screws. Yeah. And I went downstairs and both the screws were still intact. So it was yeah. literally like somebody just whacked it off. Yeah. So like the I, spirit's like this, this painting looks better on this wall, not this one. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I did a little meditation and um, uh, asked the pendulum if that was um, the dead trying to speak to me. And it said, yes. And I said, did they knock the picture off the wall so it'd go downstairs? And it said, yes, but my lazy ass stayed in bed. I didn't go downstairs. hit the snooze button on the- (laughs) the I didn't go downstairs to check. I was like, I heard the crash and I was like, ah, whatever it is, it's broken. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, next time. 
next, next time. time. So how yeah. was your trip? You did, you went to, you did the Sedona thing. Yeah, we did the Sedona thing. So we did the Sedona thing first, um, mm-hmm. stopped off there yeah. and, um, uh, we just stayed one night, you know, mm-hmm. so, and it was beautiful. Sedona is amazing. I mean, just oh, yeah. the energy there, just everything about Sedona is incredible. If you've never been five stars, highly recommend yeah, go. It feels like you're on the surface of another planet when it, you're there. It really does. It really you know? does. And I, every time I go to Sedona, I have an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and this was no exception, right? Just yeah. another great trip. And um, I went to my favorite little crystal shop there and picked up these super, super cool tarot cards. It's the Starman Tarot. The Starman Tarot. And these, yeah. these are, these have uh, sort of like a, a, a David Doey theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So these are um, inspired by David Bowie. So um, yeah, David DeAngelis, I guess, was an artist that did a lot of personal um, uh, artwork for Bowie. Mm-hmm. And after he died, he was really inspired to do this tarot card deck. Yeah. So all of all of the art is from um, this artist. Yeah, and it is incredible. It is. I saw. It. And the one thing that I really, really love about cards is when they have a lot of imagery on there. Yeah. So that you can they can really draw in your intuition out. Yeah. You know, and when I look at those cards, there's there's so much going on. So anytime you're pulling something, I, I feel like you will get the message that you need. So that's Starman Tarot. That's cool. Yeah, it's that's super really, really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it was really funny too because the first card that I pulled out of that deck was um, the High Priestess, mm-hmm. which is the same card that that um, Tyler Tyler pulled for me. It wow, was the first really? card that she pulled as well. I'm mm-hmm. still tripping out over the reading that she gave me. I know she was so awesome. You know, Oh, I have chills just like talking about her. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. So you went to Sedona. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to Sedona and then we left there, um, went to Texas, did our thing in Texas, visiting the fam, doing the thing and then came back. And on the way back, we stopped in Marfa. Um, do you know about Marfa, Texas? Marfa? Yeah. It's no. got that Prada, um, that art installation. Oh, that it's picture. like a little art town. Yeah, you sent me mm-hmm. like a little text message. It was weird because it was like this Prada shop that was like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's out in the middle of but nowhere. But it's like, what's to keep people from going in and breaking into it? Um, that's a great question. Nobody ever has. There's just nobody there pretty much. Um, there's pretty much nobody there, but... Um, yeah, it's literally a fake Prada store in the middle of nowhere, and all the articles inside are Prada. They yeah. were donated by Prada but for it's, this art installation. It's not a real store, though. It's not a real store. Yeah. No. So no. Jen, Jen sent me this picture of this just solo Prada store in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, wow, Prada's all over the place. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, it was like an art installation. Yeah. yeah. I wonder There's, who the artist was with that. Um, you know, I forgot. I wrote his name down too. Um, I, I feel like it I was did, multiple people. I feel like I did get what he was trying to convey with the art because mm-hmm. there's something about you. Normally, when you see stores like that, you see it in like a like a, a more upscale area. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to blend in with the environment. Right. But when you see like a store like that in the middle of nowhere, it was really really surreal. There was something about it that made me sort of lose that magic for what it is, and all of a sudden, Prada became just like everything else in the desert. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Marfa's a cool place. We stopped at this um, uh, little hotel too, and uh-huh. it's a bunch of vintage RVs. Yeah. And um, they're just boondock. They're just parked, right? And yeah. um, you can camp in them, mm-hmm. or you can bring a tent, and then they have like a little festival that they do every year. Yeah. But it was really sad. The whole town was pretty much closed down for COVID. Um, and it's a small town. There's no hospital, so there were signs everywhere saying like, "Don't go into the town." You know, uh-huh. just if you're going to camp here, that's fine. But don't go into the town because we don't have a hospital. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was kind of sad. Yeah, that is really sad. Because I've always wanted to go there. Um, the whole the whole town um, is just is just art. I yeah. mean, all over the place. It's really cool. Texas is has been on the map for a lot of people recently. I mean, I don't know if I'm just hopping on the boat, but there's been a lot of people talking about Texas. I think because of what's going on in the world, a lot of people are leaving California. Yeah. And Texas, of course, they, they don't have a tax there for a lot of different other reasons. They have a really great nightlife. They have um, a lot less restrictions. Yeah. Joe Rogan podcast just moved there. Yeah. You know, and I actually know people that have left California to go live in those Ron areas. Ron White moved there. Yeah. Ron White. Yeah. yeah. All those other people. So what is it like being there? Um, it's you know, Texas is great because people there are so friendly. Yeah. I mean, complete strangers are so nice yeah. and um, people talk to you, hold the door for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're broke down on the side of the road, every single person will stop and, yeah. and offer assistance. I mean, it's not like here where mm-hmm. if you hold the door for someone, they think that you're going to like rob them. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it's just, it's just different, uh, the way that you connect with people. It's hot as fuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, that, that holding the door situation is, is, a bit tricky because, you know, 
I went into a Whole Foods a while back mm-hmm. and when you're walking into the store, you know, I, I want to be considerate of other people. So if, if somebody is coming up behind me and I have the opportunity to open the door for somebody, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right. So this one time I was walking into Whole Foods, just all willy nilly. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say willy nilly. I love that. And uh, I opened the door That's for That's such this, a Texas thing to right? say. All uh-huh. I'll, I opened the door all cattywampus like, <laughs> right? Like an Okie from a Skokie. <laughs> And uh, I opened the door for this young lady that was coming up behind me. And she was like, no, no, go ahead. And I was like, no, 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 go ahead. And we had this sort of like this little. No, no, you go. No, you go. We had this this little standoff in the middle of this thing. And I was like, no, no, go ahead. And she's like, no, no, I insist. Yeah. And I was like, okay. All right. Okay. So, you know, she obviously was for gender equality, which I'm totally for, but it's a confusing thing, you know? Yeah. Because I wanted to do something nice, but she also wanted to do something nice for me. Right. You know, so different things like that, you kind of have kind of have to work through, but it was really nice of her to do that. And it was really, it was a different feeling to, to feel somebody else, especially a woman looking at me as an equal mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and just doing a compassionate act for a stranger and opposed yeah. to this sort of these sort of gender roles. That's like, you know, a man should open the door for a woman, which I'm always going to do, by the way. Yeah. But it's not something that you typically see. And and that's something that's really common in the South, right? Like there's there's feminists everywhere, yeah. you know, um, but in the South, it's just uh, it's just being respectful and right. good etiquette. Yeah. You know, um, it's not really seen as like, oh, you're less than me or helpless. So I'm going to open the door for you. Um, that's not really what it's about. Right. Um, but some people take it that way. And that's the one thing that I respect about like, like really true feminism, which is you want to be on the same page with uh, somebody, not just because they're a man or a woman, just because they're equal in a human, the fact that they're a human being, (laughs) you know, but you know, of course the opposite side of that is toxic femininity, which is, you know, women take on the stance of, uh, being a feminist because they hate men. Right. Right. But I didn't get that vibe from her. I didn't get this vibe of like, Oh no, no. You opening the door for me is like you saying that I'm not good enough or whatever. Yeah. She was I'm really, really, yeah. really nice lady, Yeah, you know, but I'm sure in Texas a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. Everyone's just across the board are just nice. Yeah. Everyone is just nice. Um, yeah. so there is that. And that's a generalization. Not everyone is nice, I guess, but, um, the whole Southern hospitality thing is a real thing. Yeah. Um, but on the inverse too, you have to be careful because people will say rude things to you in a very nice way. Oh, <laughs> so like, you got to be careful of like kind yeah. of that passive aggressive, um, kind of tone, you yeah. know, I guess. And but. I guess you can find that anywhere, but I think in, in contrast to that, I think LA and California is a bit more external and loud about those sort of things. A little right? bit more direct. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more. Cause I, I, I respect this sort of tough love Southern vibe. Yeah. You know, like and in the South, they'll say, oh, bless your heart. Oh, bless and your heart, young child. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. Like, they'll say child without a D. Like and, young child. Yeah. And here they'll <laughs> just say, you're an idiot, oh. you know, which is the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, we just um, give them love and send them on their way. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So you're yeah, in so Texas. So yeah. So we, um, so we stopped off at um, one of the Tesla chargers right outside of Marfa yeah. and, um, and we're there charging and uh, we saw a fucking UFO. Oh, that's right. You saw a UFO. Yeah. This is fucking crazy, you guys, because Jen sent me the video of this UFO. Yeah. 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 So we took a video of this UFO. It was totally stationary Mm -hmm. in the middle of the sky. There's nothing around. There's no nothing. And it was just chilling. And we stood there and we stood there for a while and we were, and it was just hanging out, just like looking at us and we both had to pee. So we were like, all right. Cause we had been in the car for hours at this point. And, um, we're like, all right, let's go in and pee and we'll come back and see if it's still here. And when we came back out, it was gone. And I told Jen, I was like, why didn't you just stay? She's like, well, I had to go pee. And when we came out, it was gone. I was like, you should have pissed your pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have pissed, right? pissed my pants because yeah. that would have been so worth it. Because you yeah. never know. Because I see a UFO before in Riverside a long time ago, and it was mm-hmm. during a family gathering. And it was kind of in the same vein as what you're talking about. I see it in the sky all willy-nilly. Yeah. All cattywampus-like, oh. <laughs> right? And it's just chilling there. Mine was a little different than yours because mine was actually moving in all these different directions. Yeah. And um, 
I saw it. And, and, and I'm sure you felt this too. When you see it in the sky, it's almost like it's just you and that UFO. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Because there's no other reason for it to be in the sky. Yeah. And it's just like you get this intuitive feeling and maybe that could have just been your intuition. It was definitely mine. That was like this thing knew that I was looking at it. Yeah. You know, it knew that I was there and it knew that I saw it. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, it definitely saw us with our phone out taking a taking a video. Yeah. Right? And then when you went inside to piss, it's like, oh, well, you, you, you know, it would just took off. Yeah. Just took it was off. like, you're not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really weird because at first we're like, what is that? Yeah. And we stood there and we looked at it for a while and we're like, whoa, that's weird. Mm. And then I'm like, I think that's a fucking UFO. <laughs> and Jeremy's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I will give I'm Jeremy. I'm pretty sure that's a UFO. I will give Jeremy props though, because he's probably the most, his hand was more stable than any other person that I've seen recording videos of UFOs. <laughs> Cause you know, when you see those videos yeah. and it's just like, Oh, it's a UFO and their hands are just rocking all over the place. It's hard to like it. focus. Yeah. Like Jeremy was just like, boom. Yeah. He even zoomed in on it. Yeah. You know? And it, it, this, and I mean, I'm not one to say it. I'm, I'm learning from experience because I went inside too. Mm-hmm. I went inside because I was like, holy shit, somebody has to see this. Yeah. So I ran inside to go get somebody. I was like, there's a UFO outside. And when I ran outside, it was gone. Yeah. And people are like, well, UFOs aren't real. I mean, I think at this point, in our society and our sort of awareness and emotional intelligence that for the most part, I feel like people accept the fact that aliens exist, but for the people that still don't, if you've seen an RF, a UFO, tell me how that they can move in the directions that they do. Yeah. I mean, aviation can't cover that. No. Like these things are like from, you know, zero to 1000 in a split second, they either completely disappear. Like they just pop out of this dimension or they zip away in, in a different speed in all these different angles that you've never seen a helicopter or a plane drive in. Yeah. You I know? mean, if you don't believe in UFOs, the US government admitted that we have UFOs and it came out during COVID. So it was totally squashed and not covered on the media in the media at all. That's but true. go ahead and Google it because it's out there. Yeah. It and happened during when the, uh, I think when the quarantine started yeah, and all this other, the, and all that the, shit was going on. Yeah, the right. protesting. And, um, and also another, another good reference is that Bob Lazar, um, documentary. Did oh, you yeah. see that? I that saw area 51. I didn't see the Bob Lazar, but I saw him on the Joe Rogan show. Shit. Oh man. You've got to watch guy. the documentary. It's so good. Yeah. And a lot of people were, were saying that, you know, he, a lot of what he was saying wasn't true. It was a hoax, but they actually proved people that have worked there there. They had like this whole team that mm-hmm. did research on his history, because if you listen to Bob Lazar's story, I mean, it seems kind of out there. It does seem kind but of out there. The fact that he has very specific details, details on how these crafts were made, what they look mm-hmm. like, what they smell like and said, like, he's got everything, everything, you know, and they did the research and apparently what, if, what he was saying was true. And the element that yeah. he, element 115 that he discovered in yeah. the eighties before <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> before that even came out. That's yeah. crazy. And, and, and so a few different things, and we talked about it before the podcast that came up for me when Jen sent me over uh, this UFO, because there's a lot of theories as to like, okay, well, what exactly is a UFO? Is mm-hmm. it an aircraft up there? But from a lot of stuff that I've read, but I want to kind of sort of wax poetic with you and see what mm-hmm. your thoughts are. Yeah. Um, so the question that comes up in my mind is, and probably lots of people is like, well, if they're aliens, why don't they just come down and say what's up? Yeah. You know, like, why wouldn't they just come down and hang out with us? Right. And there's actually a, a few different theories that I, I, I knew about, but I wanted to share with it on this podcast because I thought it was really interesting to talk about, which is zoo theory. Right? Okay. Tell me more. So, so the zoo theory is, is something that's pretty well known in the UFO community, which is that the reason why aliens don't come is because we, Earth was essentially created, according to this zoo theory, that Earth was either curated or was a known planet that of course they knew, you know, uh, contained animals and different other plant life, but that the aliens store us here either. I don't know if it's so much as, uh, because we've been bad or because we're out of control, which, you know, that would definitely be true. (laughs) That definitely makes sense. That would definitely be true, but that we are being contained here by the aliens and and being watched under observation by them. Okay. Because we were at some point in our history, maybe caused a ruckus on another planet, or we, you know, were thought to them to be kind of violent. We could be obviously also the product of um, aliens and infusing DNA with, I want to say maybe primates. Mm -hmm. And they saw, 
you know, the, the, the outcome of that work. And they're like, Oh, human beings are crazy. Yeah. We're just going to drop them off here at this planet. And we're going to keep them here until they prove to us that they have evolved yeah. consciously. Yeah. And they're not going to intervene until we have done the work in order to arrive at the level of intelligence that they're at. Yeah. That's kind of like that solar flare theory that whenever that there's going to be a huge solar flare and mm-hmm. that the people who um, are enlightened will ascend yeah. and the rest of them will stay here on earth. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but this, this isn't, and this, I mean, it definitely sounds new agey, but this is actually being studied by, you know, certain departments like SETI and like Medi in the government. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these scientists and a lot of these people that research this, they say that that's a pretty valid argument Yeah, that one, if we have de-evolved uh, to the extent of, you know, being the kind of chaotic species that we are, mm-hmm. even if aliens came and showed up, we, they would probably blow our minds to the extent that one, we'd have to completely reevaluate everything about life, which from my perspective is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, if alien came and, 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 and even communicating with us, because if they speak telepathically and Mm -hmm. they've evolved to a much more advanced civilization, when we, they come down, they're not just going to sit and have a verbal conversation with you. Right. Like they're going to be in front of you and right away, you're more than likely going to pick them up on your sort of intuition or they're going to enter, somehow enter into your mind and communicate with you that way. And there are a lot of people that aren't really prepared for that. So one of the fears is that I wouldn't be prepared for that. Yeah, uh, one of the fears is that it would just be too much for us. Yeah. And we wouldn't know how to handle that. And because there are I mean, I feel like me and you and a lot of the people that are here would, you know, welcome them with open arms, but you oh, have for sure. obviously the government and the military that have an incentive to keep things the way that they are. Right. And if aliens come, shake that up. I mean, that could be That's the fear of the unknown too, right? Definitely. Yeah, it's the fear of the unknown. So that zoo theory is basically that like the aliens know that we're here and they come down every once in a while to observe us, mm-hmm. observe our behavior and to study what it is that we do in hopes that at some point, maybe we ascend to their level. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's like a pretty interesting thing. And there was actually this other book um, by this uh, this this doctor. I was actually reading up about it the um, yesterday. And uh, one of the things that he talked about was the Fermi paradox, which is basically like, you know, we live in a really, really old galaxy and it's, it's huge, but there's no, there's no life here. Mm-hmm. And of course they said that, I mean, that would be definitely sort of a waste of space for that to happen. So there has to be life out there somewhere. But what this doctor oh, was sure. saying was how, how we actually may very well be aliens. And this is something that I ascribe to too, because it yeah. makes sense. And the reason why, and I don't agree with everything that this uh, doctor was saying, I wish actually I can pull it up because I have it. Um, it was Dr. Silver, Dr. Silver. I'll, I'll get the name uh, somewhere else. But so he was saying this, is the reason why we know that we're not from this planet is because of all these different elements that happen to us, mm-hmm. right? It's like human beings. If you compare us to any other animal in nature, we have the most problems. Yeah. I mean, you don't have <laughs> diabetic like horses and, and, and animals sort of wandering about. You don't have animal, I mean, animals have health problems, but I feel like it's as a result of the environment that we create for them. Yeah. But it's the fact that when, when we take our position in nature and compare it to everything else, we seem mm-hmm. to have all these problems where other animals don't. Right. Right. Like we, we can't be in the sun for too long. Like he says that we, uh, we have all of these health issues. And the reason why is because apparently we're not from this earth. But my other thought mm-hmm. is, well, we have all these health issues because of where we've brought our society. Yeah. Because of diet, because mm-hmm. of the environment, because of everything yeah, like that. Diet and environment for sure. Yeah. Because you have indigenous tribes and in like the Amazon that are doing just fine. Yeah. You know? So I think it's just a, a question of, uh, consciousness and emotional intelligence and getting rid of the idea that we need all these different things in order to be who we are. Cause obviously those indigenous tribes, they get by with very little and they're very happy. Mm-hmm. But I think because we have an overabundance of everything, um, we've kind of tread into some dangerous waters, right? you know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So what this, uh, another thing that I actually read was that this company it was, it was this nonprofit called messaging extraterrestrial intelligence. It, it was an acronym. It's called Medi. Oh, and this is a department that 
sends information into space. It's, it's their version of trying to communicate with aliens and they'll okay. send all this crazy shit into space in hopes that the aliens will pick it up uh-huh. and either send a signal back yeah. or give us some sort of idea that like we know that they're there. Right. So I, they sent like, I like this whole package. I don't know exactly how they sent it, but they said that they, they sent sounds of nature into space. Oh. They sent Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry songs. What? Why Chuck Berry? It's, I don't know. Maybe it's just like really American. Like, oh. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get I don't, the Chuck Berry thing. That. It's like, you evolve with the times. Yeah. The same way I feel like about shit like this is like the same reason why, I mean, I don't listen to the radio, but it's like when you listen to 106.7, like K-Rock on the radio, yeah. like they're still playing shit from like 10 years ago. Yeah. And then when you see like um, uh, K-Earth 101 or like a lot of these like classic rock stations, at what point does something become classic rock? Right. So in the nineties, when me and you listened to the nineties is like starting to be considered classic rock now. Exactly. But these radio stations aren't going to consider that classic rock what it should be. Right. But that would mean that we'd get rid of all the, the old, older classic rock, Yeah. which I think the reason why it's called classic rock isn't so much of because of the time frame. I think it's because like the era of time. Right. You know, it's not so much that like Led Zeppelin's classic rock is just sort of like a classic. It was like a movement of time, maybe like during the 60s. Right. Yeah. It represented something. A, a whole shift in music. Like that was yeah. a new sound completely. Yeah. yeah. And rock, while rock has evolved and doesn't sound like that anymore, yeah. rock is like much more poppy now. Right. You know, yeah. and we're just in like a different evolution of sound of music. Yeah. But I feel like it, it has to evolve. Like we should start hearing uh, different songs from when we were you know, in, in the eighties and the nineties, you know, we should see here, hear Soundgarden or Nirvana, like yeah. on these classic rock stations. Why not do it? Yeah. So anyways, as it pertains to this though, yeah. like send something more relevant. Yeah. You know, Chuck, Chuck Berry. Berry. Yeah. I mean, there are people that like Chuck Berry, but if I were an alien and I heard Chuck Berry, I was like, oh, no, uh, yeah. I'm more of an EDM guy. I'm going to go to a different planet. <laughs> right. You know what I'm just saying? We're at the wrong planet. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> they're, nope, they're not for me. Playing Chuck Berry. So they sent, they sent a Chuck Berry song. They sent a speech by Jimmy Carter. Okay. Which is one of our presidents. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I'm not the most political person, but why Jimmy Carter? Why not? If you're going to choose anybody and I'm only saying this because he seems like a pretty swell guy, put like a Kennedy yeah. speech in there. Right. You know, mm-hmm. somebody more famous. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody more famous. So they did a Jimmy Carter um, speech some Morse code. You got to throw some Morse code in there. Of course. Yeah. So, cause that makes us look like we know what we're talking about. And then Beethoven and Mozart. Okay. All right. I, that, I, that makes sense. It, that makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like that's such a universal sort of language because of their instruments. Yeah. And they're, they're obviously, they're not fake. These are, you know, these are hardwired instruments that create a very specific type of frequency. So right. at least if, I were an alien and I heard some Mozart, I'd be like, okay, okay. We might put it in the GPS. Yeah. And we didn't you know? put any gongs in there. Yeah, I mean, they're exactly. tuned to the frequency of planets. Like, yeah. we, it, it, If I got Bo- Beethoven and Mozart, I'd be like, okay, let's put it in the GPS and we might think about going there. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, it, I would have, so you're right. They didn't put any gongs or any sort of like sound healing type of stuff. Okay. Well, we need to, we need to send them an email. Yeah, we'll just, we'll go outside and we'll just we'll sling, slingshot some shit in the space. And then we'll, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, it's, that's obviously a very sort of antiquated, I, I'm sure it's effective, but I mean, we're sending radio signals into space all day long and we probably all the fucking time. It, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like we're sending radio signals in the Akashic Records, mm-hmm. you know? So they sent Beethoven, Beethoven and Mozart. And oh, get this. This is actually really hilarious. I find this funny. They wanted to send the Beatles. Okay. But AMI, okay. the record company, didn't allow them to do it. Get out of here. The universe didn't have the, the access and copyrights to. Sorry, universe, not today. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, if, you, if, if you're going to send the universe some Beatles songs, they have to pay the royalties. Yeah, we need. Because, you know, it's going to go out into the need ether. To pay. Yeah, it's going to go out into the ether. It's not going to come back. <laughs> They're afraid that the, the aliens are going to do cover songs yeah. on like Venus oh, yeah. and gain all type of can't have that popularity. Yeah. I can't have an alien version of the Beatles. You can't. No can do. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like they, they could. Yeah. Unless. They probably already did. Unless the, yeah. unless the Beatles are aliens. Unless that. It's like, why would I send alien 
music into an alien sort of territory. They're going to be like, yeah, of course we made that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So they sent, they, they couldn't send the Beatles, which I thought was hilarious. That's funny. Right. That's Those funny. fucking record companies. I know. What a scam. And you know, I think we're in the era now where I'm kind of like, I'm happy now because they obviously the record companies are struggling because we have artists that are kind of taking their sovereignty in their own hands and they're putting out their own records. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. It's good, right? It's good. Down with the record companies. Okay. So aim, I wouldn't allow it. And so they're sending all this information into space in hopes that uh, the aliens will send a signal back. Okay. And Have they received anything back yet? No, but they said that 2020 could be the time it happens. I mean, a lot of shit has happened. <laughs> I mean, so. it, it, it could be, it could be the time. I mean, there's a lot of expectation about what's going to go happen in December, 2020. There's even people that are saying like, Hey, the whole mind calendar thing, the whole December 21st, 2012, we they, they got the, the numbers wrong. They said it was supposed to be the 2020, which, you know, it's always going to be something. It's always something. Every year it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Every year it's always something. Yeah. Every year. This is the year the world's going to end. Yeah. We messed this up. No, it's that. It's actually this. I mean. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So I thought that was really interesting um, about the aliens. And I was watching Gaia TV the other day. And this kind of goes along the lines of something that I read in a book by Drumville Machizadek. You say that shit. Like, I wonder what it's like to give that name to somebody at Starbucks. Yeah. While you're trying to get your chai latte. Or over the phone on customer service. They're like, what? Can <laughs> you like, spell that? He's like, what's your name? It's like, what do you order? I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a chai latte, soy chai latte. And he's like, what's your name? I'm like, drew below milk cheese a deck. <laughs> you know, they fuck it up every single time. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? And he yeah. gets it back and it's like Stacy. It's like some random name. Yeah. Because guys, I'm not going to fuck around with this. This guy's... <laughs> I'm just going to give him a regular ass name, just like everybody yeah. else. <laughs> anyway, so this guy named Drumalumla Chizadek wrote this book called The Flower of Life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really, really amazing book. Um, you should definitely check it. I actually have it. I have a bunch of books I need to give to you to read because we talk about a lot of these books on yeah. podcasts. I mean, I've read a couple of them. The Barbara Marciniak book. Yeah. Bringers of the Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Bringers of the Dawn. And he, he has this in this book, this meditation called um, like this heart meditation. Mm-hmm. And Drumvalo Machizadek believed that human being has this Merkaba field mm-hmm. in and around the proximity of where they exist. Mm-hmm. And we have the ability to access it and spin it so fast that it turns into a light vehicle, right? And they consider that sort of like the light body. Yeah. So the whole theory behind this Merkaba meditation is that you want to get... Uh, different sides of the Merkaba spinning in opposite directions. And if you do it fast enough, you'll essentially just disappear out of this realm, end up somewhere else in this light vehicle flying through space. I imagine like that people do with astral projection. Okay. And I saw this thing on Gaia TV and forget the guy that was talking about it, but he was talking about like UFOs. I'm sure there are spacecrafts that we see that are UFOs, but he's saying that human beings also, um, in these other dimensions that are these, these aliens come to our planet in these light vehicles. Mm-hmm. So what he, what you're seeing when you're seeing just kind of like the video that you showed me, it's just mm-hmm. like, it looks like a ball of light. Yeah. It just looks white. It doesn't look like a vehicle. He's saying that the, it's the Merkaba spinning so fast. Oh, interesting. So you're, you're not really seeing a vehicle. You're seeing like a, a being like essentially like vibrating so vibrating. quickly mm-hmm. that it's somehow able to navigate through our space. Interesting. Yeah. And I read something other too. I, I, I got real deep into this alien shit, Jen, because I was really <laughs> inspired by your, your video about the aliens. It, they, they could be us from the future. That I've read a lot about that and seen, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about time travelers too. Yeah. So yeah, there's some good ones. There's some good ones out there. Just, yeah. just YouTube time travelers. Do you have any good ones? Yeah. I don't remember the names of any of them because yeah. I got, went down this rabbit hole and watched like, yeah. I don't know, probably a hundred of them. Yeah. But this one's probably in there too, because it's like they, they are us from the future mm-hmm. and they come back to earth sort of like 
in the same way that we would bring children to a museum. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. That's yes. The, my favorite time traveler, that's what he was saying. And he was like, Oh, in the future, like there's not as, um, as far as like style and fashion, people wear mostly black and white and gray, like really neutral colors. And, um, they, like these time travel portals are everywhere. So it's just kind of like going to the corner store or whatever, and you can just yeah. hop in and go visit yourself and other, and other times. Mm. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it is and cool. that a lot of people that see UFOs are really seeing time travelers. Yeah. So, and it makes sense if they're time travelers, why they can't intervene in what we're doing. Yeah. Cause then you have like a back to the future scenario with yeah. like doc Brown and and the DeLorean and, and, and they're like, you, you change the trajectory of the future after that point. Yeah. Although I feel like just the, I, just the fact that people can see it would essentially do that. Yeah. Right? When Marty almost made out with his mom. Yeah. That was fucking weird. It was weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Marty McFly. So they were so worried about altering that state because of how it affected in the future. But mm -hmm. I, I still feel like me being able to see it, us being able to see it in the sky is essentially doing that. Yeah. Maybe it's just like, well, what's the lesser evil of the two. I mean, you're affecting it, but not, not by that much. Right. Right. So I, it was the first time I, that I heard about it, Jen, when they were talking about like, Oh, it being time travelers because they come and they're just like, yeah, these are the humans. And this is this sort of old primitive race. And this is what they do. They just go and fight with each other. And then you have like these, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they, 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 it's sort of like this historical moment. It's like going to the natural history museum, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, there was this time traveler on um, on YouTube and they did um, a lie detector test on him. So I actually like hooked him up and his face is blurred out because he, he doesn't want his identity known, but it's the same guy and it's like multiple videos and yeah. um, and he passed, he's passing these lie detector tests. So really? yeah, something to it. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it, it, I, I feel like we're in a time, especially now because we're in the information age where we're, we're starting to receive a lot of information that we didn't have access to before. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And um, even though scientists are saying like 2020, there's going to be some sort of full disclosure that happens, whether or not it be through humans or whether or not it come from the stars. Right. But I feel like we're ready for it. Yeah. And what are, what's going to happen to the podcast whenever aliens reveal themselves? Aliens reveal themselves? Then all the shit we're talking about isn't going to be like new age and special anymore. It's going to no, be like real life. No, not true. Because <laughs> ultimately I think the core of what we talk about are like spiritually themed type of things. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I personally feel that, I mean, this is why you have books about channeled messages. Like we are the Arcturians, mm -hmm. uh, Barbara Marciniak's Bringers of the Dawn. Mm -hmm. Why you have a lot of these, a lot of these mediums, these, these psychics that you can even find on YouTube now or on Instagram that are channeling these multidimensional aliens to deliver a certain type of message to their people. And I don't think that it ever stops. Because yeah. if the aliens came, I don't think that the the point would be to save us from ourselves. Because mm -hmm. I think one of the laws of the universe is that if everything's created by God, they essentially know because they, if they are as advanced as they are, then they will have gone through all the work that we have gone through to get to where they are. Right. So they'll know the necessity and how important it is for us to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps mm -hmm. and do the work that we need to do to get to that point. Right. And that's not going to happen by any type of intervention from them. Like mm -hmm. they can come down and they can be like, okay, this is how it is. Yeah. And there are going to be people that, you know, they, they, they take the reins and they'll, they'll go down that path of transformation, but there are going to be people that have a really difficult time with that, that, that transition, that transition, you know? Mm -hmm. So they'll probably come. I mean, and, but I don't, I, I don't personally think it's going to happen. Like there's going to be a spaceship that comes out of the sky. I think that it's going to be a, a sort of an avatar type of fellow like Jesus. Yeah. Right. It could be like an alien spirit from another dimension. Could be a Pleiadian walks into somebody's field mm -hmm. and takes on that sort of avatar of what we would consider to be an ascended master. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah he could very well exist and have gone through all his life just like Jesus did. And he could be just sort of waiting around the corner or because um, maybe the source would do it a little differently. Now, maybe it's not just one person. Maybe it's a movement of people. Maybe all doing it at once. Yeah. Which is kind of what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Right. You have this renaissance of all these different people that specialize in very specific types of modalities that are sharing their wisdom in the same way that we are. Yeah. And it all helps. 
all helps. You know, it all helps raise the vibration of the of the universe. Yeah. So I don't think it'll ever. I don't think it'll ever stop. I think that we'll just we'll, we'll constantly get new information and we'll we'll constantly be here to just be a light for the people that are willing to listen and people that are ready to take on that type of information. Right. Because essentially, at the end of the day, me and you are also still learning too. Oh yeah. You know, and this has been a practice for me and Jen too. So we're always we're always learning. And uh, if there are aliens, even ones that are listening right now, yeah. Send us an email. Send us an email. It's (laughs) it's divine-nobodies. Divine-period-nobodies-podcast at gmail.com. There you go. Right? Yeah. There you go. Send us an email. If you want to be a guest on the show, let us know. They're like, I already knew that shit. I read your mind. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who knows? Uh, spoiler alert: We are going to have some people on here that uh, channel aliens as guests coming up. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, super pumped about that. That's yeah, she's cool. a really really cool. We actually have a few people that are probably going to be coming on pretty soon. But this one, I think, might maybe one of the next ones. She's from Bali. Her name is Livia Devi. Yeah, she channels Arcturians, and she has, I, I guess from what I've read, she has a lot of really amazing writing. She channels the galactic federation mm-hmm. of planets and, and light. So she specializes in, I think, contacting the Arcturians, which I have an affinity to. So maybe yeah. when she tells us stories about that, a light bulb might go up, light up in our third eye and me and Jen will be like, okay, I remember. All right. I remember. I see. Yeah. yeah that'll be cool. That'll yeah. be really cool. Yeah, I'm really so. excited to have her on. Yeah. So she's going to be on. And then we have a, a diet, a nutritionalist that's going to come on. We're going mm-hmm. to be talking about just yeah. healthy eating, mindful eating, and uh, just to change your relationship to food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have a lot of comments on that. Yeah. Especially on fasting. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. And then the, and then the other woman that we have coming up is uh, somebody that channels the Akashic records. And that's awesome too. If yeah. you didn't hear our podcast on Akashic records, listen to that one. Cause it was pretty good. Yeah. But I did want to talk about starseed markings too. We need to have somebody on here that um that is a starseed of one of these aliens. Yeah. We need to look for someone. Yes. Yeah. I well, I feel like that me and you are. Well, right? yes. But there are obviously different tiers to I mean, there are people that just fully immerse themselves into what that means. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I think that that woman, the Debbie woman is is would be considered one of those. Oh yeah. So there's a there's a woman um that goes by uh the name Lavender. And um, I'll tell you what website on the I'm on the starseedcompass.com. Mm-hmm. And there are actually markings in your birth chart that will tell you if you are starseed. So the Palladian starseed markings are um, uh, anything in your chart in um, 25, 26, 27, 28, or 29 degrees in Taurus. Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, Leo, Cancer, and Capricorn. So if you have any of those degrees um, in your chart anywhere, then those are starseed markings. And the person that I had gotten my astrology reading from, um, and I'm not an astrologer, but she kind of delivered it to me that uh, a lot of her my chart points to is Arcturus. Interesting. Right? And that's mm-hmm. how she made that the sort of distinction that I had infinity with Arcturians. Yeah. And I was reading something the other day because when we, you got me really thinking about the mediumship thing, because I know it's something that you've been studying is Edgar Casey, and I know that we talk a lot about him. Yeah. He wasn't an astrologer, but the one thing that I found really interesting about what he said mm-hmm. is he used astrology a lot in his readings, but not to talk about your current timeline mm-hmm. and not to talk about your future. What Edgar Casey believed is that your astrology, like if you run your chart right now and you look at where your planets are aligned, like mine would be Venus, my rising Gemini, your rising Gemini, you're an Aquarius, I'm a Libra, mm-hmm. that signifies what your past life was. Ah, interesting. That's okay. what Edgar Casey thinks. Okay. So that makes sense. A lot of the, the qualities that you inherit come from that past life. Hmm. So do you want to hear some Arcturian traits? Some starseed traits? Oh, yes. Yeah, I just pulled them up. Yeah. There's some good ones. And actually, I yeah. think that you have a lot of these. Um, so I uh, feel like the black sheep in their family are drawn to the night sky astronomy and aliens. Uh, well, obviously oh, here we are yeah. talking about them. Yeah, you see my, my newest post on Instagram. Yeah, Ooh, that a was night, a good one. That's a night sky post. That's a night sky post, it is. I said, one, I said, one day you will find someone that will look at you the same way they look at stars. Ah, oh, love it. That's that, that's that Libra inside of me. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh. 
Oh, starry hide. I love that. That <laughs> mushy shit. Yeah. Um, they don't understand social hierarchy. Mm. Mm. They tend to have lower blood pressure and lower body temperature. So a lot of millennials probably are Arcturians. Oh, because yeah. They, they, they don't like authority figures either. Yeah, that's true. You, you said blood pressure? Um, yeah. They tend to have lower blood pressure and lower body temperature, which that is also me. I have always have had really low blood pressure, mm. low body temperature, and I'm O negative blood. So... Typo negative. Typo negative. Did you listen to Typo negative? I did. Yeah, I actually went. That was my first concert. Um, was with oh, my dad, no. and we went to Typo Negative and Pantera. And what? The, yeah, that was my very first concert. I love you today. <laughs> he has such like a <laughs> such like a unique voice. Yeah, that guy. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Typo negative. Yeah, and that was yeah. like a flat blast from the past. No, right? So it's too much green though for me. Yeah. For my taste. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay. Um, so drawn to the paranormal and metaphysics. Mm. Also, here we are yeah. drawn to sacred geometry, ley lines, and ancient civilizations. This is something about that sacred geometry. I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You look at it and you just feel like you're getting all of these different downloads of information. Oh, man, it's so awesome. And it's being stored in there somewhere. It's communicating to some level of your DNA. Oh, for sure. And it's being activated for sure. Yeah. Um, so drawn to fundamental sciences like quantum physics, mm. um, hold their opinions strongly. Uh, good at planning, organizing, and building. Mm. Interested in advanced technology, science, and mathematics. Mm -hmm. Maybe interested in building, oh. designing, and planning. Well, um, I'm terrible at math, though. I am too. You know. Yeah, that's not my thing. Yeah, Maybe yeah. That was his. We got some of his girlfriend's DNA. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for his, sure. His Pleiadian girlfriend's DNA. <laughs> <laughs> now this is a cool one. Um, may see color, colorful geometric patterns when they close their eyes. I always do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you, I, I, I've been going through this all my life, but I didn't know that it was seeing energy until way later in life. Do you yeah. ever done that thing where like you, they have exercises on YouTube that you can find where it's like, well, how do you see energy? They have different practices that you can use. It's one, you can stare at a white wall, uh -huh. right? And if you stare at a white wall long enough, you'll start to see pretty much the fabric of space between you and this wall. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the ability to see sort of this energy dancing around. Yeah. Right. And then mm -hmm. there's this other one, which. I pretty much used for most of my life and didn't even know it is that like you look into the blueness of the sky. Yeah. So it basically, it's a solid color. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. So it's like a certain point where like you're looking at a wall or you're looking into the blueness of the sky. I mean, given the sun's not there, so you don't burn your eyes, but you kind of, your eyes cross a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then once they cross, you start to see these little tiny tiny they almost look like little amoebas or particles they're not the vitreous humor in the eye yeah it's not that but they're moving like this yeah and they're they're moving in like this very specific type of way in a specific and, pattern yeah and that's energy yeah oh interesting yeah. i never knew that that's energy oh man sometimes i can see it um like just it, normal yeah. and it'll be just for like a glimpse like maybe 15, 20 seconds yeah. and then it'll stop and I'll see it everywhere, not yeah. just on like a solid color, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So what um, I would do is I would, I would maybe practice that because I feel like if you're able to see that energy move because you're getting into the mediumship and conversing and communicating with these spirits, it might help you out. Yeah. It might help you to actually see. Oh man, I've got a long way to go. More. I've got a long way to go. This yeah. is, this is going to be a topic of conversation on the podcast for a while. Yeah. So this one is totally you, um, maybe a gifted musician oh. or scientist. Scientist. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I've worked at NASA before. Yeah. I wasn't a scientist, That's but I true. hung out with a lot of cool people that you told did. me a lot about aliens. Yeah. But I mean, I've been a musician all my life. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, it started when I was a kid as just as a coping mechanism and something that I, it was a way for me to express various levels of love and things and teen like angst that. and teen angst. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I actually know that you think of it, like I've created every single type of genre of music, but it all coincided with my journey as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it does the same with you because I mean, you, my, my taste in music, it, it starts of course, when you're young and you go through those motions of like, you start with like the classic rock because your dad has the vinyls. Yeah. And then you move into like the metal and that's when you start to be a little bit more dark and a little gothic and, and you know yeah. like you're you're starting to realize that the the world isn't the way that your parents told you it was when you were mm -hmm. a kid and you just start you want some outlet to kind of get that out mm -hmm. and then you move into 
you know, other things. Ska and punk rock. And ska and something a little softer because <laughs> you're starting to get it. It's like, it's yeah. like you're starting to get your bearings on life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like ultimately, like right now I, I ended in sound healing and new age healing ethereal music. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You sent me a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Jen has a ongoing you have a really good playlist though, by the way, you Thank have you. a lot of really good music. Jen's really into Bob Moses. I do. I love Bob Moses. Yeah. Amber run. Yeah. And Amber run. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like that Trevor Hall and, uh, Odessa and oh, yeah. Porter Robinson, a lot of the yeah. EDM stuff, you yeah. know, but I also like, I like a that lot stuff of too. like Dea Dova and Mnaco medicine for the people. Just anything that has, you know, like a, a loving sort of vibe to it. Something yeah. that makes you feel good. Yeah. Feel good music. And Florent Garcia. Oh, Florent Garcia. What? Yeah. Florent Garcia, there's a lot of people that that know about him, but if anybody that's listening, you guys want to hear a really good song. And I told Jen this was like my one of my top, in my top five best songs this year. Yeah. A I'd guy agree. named Florent Garcia. He doesn't even have an album out, I don't think. I don't think so either. And that that song that we're talking about was actually just recorded live on a YouTube video, but it's a artist called Florent Garcia, Garcia and the song's called Loon. Loon. L-U-N-E. That's the jam. Yeah, it is the jam. I already sent it to Janet. She was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was blown away. I love it. <laughs> um, so these last four are 100% you. Okay. Yeah. So um, strong memories, extremely empathic, mm. um, very sensitive to sounds, lights, smells, and chemicals. Oh, yeah. And likes to ask deep philosophical questions, oh. which that is so you. Oh. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Someone's got to ask those questions. You you're know? the guy at the party. Everybody's <laughs> having a good time and, and getting loud and getting a little loose. And you're like, I'd like you to tell me about your childhood traumas. Oh, really your childhood traumas. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm in the corner asking the dog those questions. I'm like, Hey, talk to me about what kind of dog food you're eating. <laughs> do you like that? Do you like that? It's the that? same shit every day. It's the same shit every day. <laughs> you know, what's funny thing about dogs is anybody that has a dog and I don't actually have a dog, but I grew up around a lot of dogs, a lot of small animals. So mm -hmm. you have a lot of small animals, yeah, right? I have small animals. So when you're eating at a, at, a, at a dinner table, you probably do that thing where it's like, you know, the animals come and beg for food and oh, you're like, no, I, I, you don't feed them from the table. I mean, some people do, but I started really thinking about it. Like, at, like dogs are pack animals. Yeah. Right. They, they, they ascend from wolves mm -hmm. and those sort of traits carry along with them no matter how much you de domesticate them. So when you eat, they consider you pretty much their master. Like you're yeah. the leader of the pack. Yeah. If you, if you eat, they think it's time to eat. They think it's time to eat. Because when you're in a wolf pack, they all share. Yeah. Right. So it's like you're eating and then you kind of just have to give but the alpha to eats first and then yeah. they share with the pack. So it's like, basically I'm saying, I mean, don't do it all the time, but it makes sense to feed the dogs. It does make sense. During the time that you're eating. We always do. And that's why they beg. I mean, they're, it's really bad. Yeah. Our dogs have no discipline. Yeah. But, you know, um, Biggie, he was a complete nightmare. He was like the worst dog. He had every bad trait that a dog could have in yeah. the whole world. Like really? he would beg, he would run, he would bite, he would uh, like charge at your face. He was super unpredictable. Yeah. Um, he ate his own shit and um, we sent him off to boarding school and <laughs> boarding he school came back. Long. Yeah, he came back an angel. But I was reading a lot of stuff about um, about dogs and being pack animals and like the psychology behind it. Yeah. And the whole eating the shit thing really um, was interesting. They, they would do that to clean the cave. So the alpha would yeah. keep the cave clean by eating the shit yeah. whenever, you know, the oh wolves were, were in their cave together. Was Biggie the one in the backyard when you guys, when they, when your AC went off and you guys were sleeping back there, that was like, welcome to hell. You're yes. in the backyard. Yes. He's like, rough, rough, welcome to hell. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's not even just the, it's not even just dog. Like they'll go over, they'll go after some cat stuff too. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think that's more like the cat food has a lot of um, salt in it, and they really like the taste. <laughs> they like the they like the taste, the, the flavor of it. Yeah. You're like it's like a, like a fine wine to them. Yeah. They're like I like this, but I like the cat stuff a little better. Yeah. Uh, whenever oh, it's white. Ugh. Oh. Uh, oh, I went too far. Too uh, far. 
Okay, you got this. Is there anything else on those, that list? No, that was it. Yeah. That's so a that, solid was, list, that was a solid list, though, of um, starseed traits for, and those were Archerian traits. Oh, and yeah. um, actually, on this website, it's pretty cool, the starseedcompass.com. They have um, uh, all the traits for um, Archerian, Syrian, Palladian, Orion, oh, Andromedan. Yeah. We'll have to do the pleading one the next time, the next episode that we got. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like you're probably the person at the the party too that's going into those sort of deep yeah. philosophical questions yeah, too. I am. I yeah. am. Not always. Um, sometimes I just want to be mindless and like not not go there. And then you just end up back in there. And then anyways. I just kind of end up there, especially by the end of the night. Maybe at the yeah. beginning of the night, that's the <laughs> objective, but. By the end of the night. Well, it's good to hear about your journey. Welcome back, Jen. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good to be back. And if, let me know if you see any more UFOs in the sky. I'll let you know if I see any. We should actually all have our eyes kind of peeled to the sky because I feel like something might come from it pretty soon. Yeah, we should. We'll post it on our Instagram. We'll post um, my video on Instagram of the, of the UFO. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. let's do it because Jen has a video. We'll show it on our story. So if you guys are interested in seeing the UFO that you shot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to post it on there. Uh, stay up to date. We're actually probably going to have a guest next week. And um We'll post more on the Instagram. If you guys want to get in contact with us, we have a new platform that we're on. We do. Right? I think we yeah. mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast. We yep. are on uh, Amazon. Yep. Yeah, on we're Amazon. on Amazon Music. So I don't know how many more there are, but I feel like we're we're getting there. I feel like we're on all of them. Right? So we're on, yeah. we're on okay, if anybody that's listening, you're on Spotify, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty much it, but that's a shit ton anyway. That's a shit ton. Yeah. So if you guys are on those, definitely check us out. Find a platform that works for you. Uh, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Stay up to date on all of our videos. YouTube is where we post the visual component of our show. If you guys are more visual people. And uh, if you want to send us a message, definitely go on our Instagram, but you could also go directly to our website at divine-nobodies.com. Yes. And we, um, it's not up yet, but we have a coming soon page of all of the books, um, that we talked about. So yeah. we talk about a lot of books and people always message us and ask us like, Hey, where do you get that book? Yeah. So, um, we'll start posting links, um, of where to get these books. Yes. Yes. Because we, yeah, you're right. We do talk a lot about these books and I, and if I were listening, I'd want to know where those are too. So that's a really, really cool thing to look forward to. Anything else? I think that's we're it. good, right? That's it. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week on the next episode. Until then, namaste, friends. Namaste.